0: So it's good we have uh, the Fortune Kit Discord to keep us honest, because on there, Chamie pointed out that uh, we made a massive oversight in our Acon episode. He actually did start his Acoin cryptocurrency as of March 2021, and it debuted being worth fifty cents, and now it is worth zero point zero zero
1: nine dollars. Damn. Are we sure that's the real A-Coin and it's not like a situation with the Acon City boutique in the middle of nowhere where someone just took the name? That's a good question. Like, Did someone some else enterprising Seneca ease man registered that coin?
0: Well, let's see. I guess it does have its own Wikipedia article that says it is developed by Acon, so I have no reason to doubt it.
1: You never hear about that one. They don't have people in the street. They don't have a street team out on Twitter annoying people about it. Yeah. They don't have influencers. You would think a celebrity coin, they would be able to get it off the ground. Like at least hire some guys to do pu- regular pump and dump stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm th- so what's amazing too is that uh, the average, like the daily volume for a coin is like $60. And that's probably including a bunch of wash trades too. You know what I mean? Like no one's fucking using this thing.
1: Yeah, they don't advertise it at all. I guess the problem is if you advertised a coin, you would have to answer more questions about Acon City. Akon City's plural. Yeah. <laughs> People would be like, okay, so you got the coin now. You hired Snoop Dogg to advertise your coin during the Super Bowl. What about the city, though? And he would have to say, I don't know. It's too hot. Have you seen the weather? I'm not going to Senegal right now. I think this goes for like most... Uh, cryptos, but it's like, what do you do with this?
0: Nothing. Like at least with like Ethereum, you can buy stupid NFTs. There's nothing you can do with Acoin. Those cities don't exist. Like,
1: yeah, the only thing you can do is wait for it to go up, which it won't. Which and it never will. Yeah. Cash it out. I assume using Uniswap or something weird, one of those coins where you need extra steps to get it out because it's not on any of the real exchanges. Yeah. So. Yeah, you just have to hope it'll make a profit. I mean, but it here's won't, because Akon doesn't even talk about it.
0: One Acoin is worth a fraction of a penny right now, so it may
1: go up a little bit at some point. That's the great thing about having something approaching zero. It can't go down that much. Yeah, it's honestly probably the ideal time to invest in Acoin. How much are you going to lose? 0.009 cents That's nothing. If we had actually
0: known that he made Acoin. We could have done the last episode completely differently and like hyped up Akon City as much as we could to try to pump the coin.
1: Yeah, we should do some pump and dumps on this show. <laughs> we should start our own coin and say it's good. No, let's just do it
0: with Acoin and CryptoBets. We just got to delete all the episodes whenever we said they were bad and then make some more where we say they're good.
1: I would be afraid that Akon would pick me up and throw me off a stage if yeah. I did a pump <laughs> and dump on his crypto without him knowing. And it just <laughs> like went up what size and then went venues, down?
0: Um, what kind of venues does Akon play in the United States anymore? I wonder?: I wonder. Let me go on Setlist FM and find out. So let's see. In May, he did a Las Vegas festival, like that makes sense. But before that he did Brazil, Saudi Arabia, London. When's the last time he toured the U.S? Oh, here we go. Yeah, he
1: does just like festivals only, I guess. There's a roadmap on the ACOIN website that goes from 2019 to 2022. And it's like, ACOIN wallet and MVP completion, token generation event announcement, develop ACOIN card program, expand ACOIN wallet public launch, develop ACOIN net meshed Wi-Fi program, launch citywide payroll, Mwale City, announce second city expansion. And next to every one of those items, there's a checkmark. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, and I don't think they've been updating it because I think, yeah, it's just an image. It's just, yeah, they just preemptively checked everything off. That's great. We're definitely going to do it. We're going to expand the city. Not only are we going to start building Akon City, but we're going to expand it by Q2 2022, which is now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they to expand
1: it. it, all they have to do is anything. <laughs> Yeah, if they put one cinder block down, then you put two cinder blocks down, that's a 200% expansion.
0: Um, So from looking up setlist.fm anyway, Akon mostly stopped doing shows almost 10 years ago, and since 2012, he's only done two shows in America, according to setlist.fm anyway. He did a festival in St. Louis in 2017. And then this May, he did five songs at a Las Vegas uh, festival. The songs he did were, of course, he did Smack That and I Want to Fuck You. Of course. He did a Jeezy collab called Soul Survivor. He did a song called Belly Dancer, Bonanza. And he did I Just Had Sex by Lonely Island. (laughs) Oh yeah, he was on that, right? Exactly, that's how few hits he has anymore That people remember That he has to do his Lonely Island collab In a five song set That's Pretty crazy
1: amazing. That's crazy to do that Like, uh,
0: <laughs> It was the second song of the set too He went from Smack That right into I Just Had Sex
1: Doing a joke song That you were a part of Like, I hope Nate gets fun <laughs> back together And then they do the Sexy New Guys song Oh man, that would be great Doing yeah. that for their fans like, no, we were on this. It was a comedy song that I was on, and I imagine yeah. this is in, like, 2028. Yeah,
0: they're doing a five-song set in Las Vegas. They open with some nights, and then they go
1: immediately into the E1 song. Yeah. Well, maybe that'll be famous by then. It better be. Maybe they'll put that on VH1 or something, and everybody will know it. That's I got a lot riding on that, you know? Maybe I'm she'll screwed. be on Family Guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. if we don't get that song on Family Guy or VH1, I'm fucked.
1: The guy who made Peanut Butter Jelly Time, that was just, uh, they dropped a sack of money in his lap when that was on Family Guy.
0: <laughs> Dude, this could, when we wrote it, we're like, this could be the next Peanut Butter Jelly Time.
1: Yeah, I've been waiting for the next Peanut Butter Jelly Time, just like I've been waiting for a new NUMA. There have only been three NUMAs. There's NUMA NUMA Original, there's the new NUMA, and then there's like a Numa collaboration where it's Gary Brawlsma doing the Numa Numa dance and then a bunch of people behind him. And it's supposed to be like all the <laughs> viral stars in one place, but I don't recognize any of them. Oh no. And if I don't recognize any of them, I don't think they're anybody. who they get? Did they at least get like the chocolate rain guy? No, like not oh, even man. that level. Like, uh, Weezer was able to do that, uh, with, the Pork and Beans video. They got all those guys. I think they might have got Gary Brolsma. They got uh, the Coke Mentos guy. They got... Uh, yeah, I think they got on day. And believe me, when I was 14, I was not above thinking that was funny. <laughs> that was the first Weezer album I really remember coming out.
0: Oh, funny. Yeah, that makes like, sense.
1: Uh, I, I remember Beverly Hills being on MTV and VH1, but... Uh, that was before I really heard the blue album in Pinkerton. So when the red album came out, I was like waiting for it. Like what what if this is good? Yeah. What if they make a good one? And then Pork and Beans was kind of an okay song. The only time yeah, that was like the one
0: of the best ones on that album, which is saying something, but it was a very uh, corny
1: album. They had that song that was like a a Quaker hymn.
0: Yeah, that song sucked. It was like six minutes long, dude. Um the only time I ever saw Weezer live was when I was in high school for Make Believe, where that album sucked, but at least they only played, you know, like five songs from it or something. And they played
1: with Pixies, so overall it was like a good show, you know? That's pretty good. Yeah, like in hindsight, that wasn't that bad of a Weezer album. Yeah, it was only going to get, they've only released more than 10 albums since then,
0: <laughs> which is unbelievable,
1: right? Yeah, that one at least, it came out like three years after the last one. It had, uh, it had a couple big singles. It wasn't that goofy, actually. They weren't so, that goofy yet. The Red Album point, is when they got real goofy. The midway
0: point of Weezer's career, if, uh, in terms of like <laughs> albums dropped, the midway point of their career now is Hurley. God damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like early Weezer, like uh, the Red Album. Yeah. Or Ratitude. Oh, Ratitude. I love early Weezer, like Ratitude. That's right. I love the song they did with All American Rejects. Let's see. Let's let's even think about it. Okay, so
0: Ratitude is 2009. That's 15 years after Blue Album. And that's 13 years ago now. So Ratitude is almost like chronologically the midway point
1: of their career too. They've got like a career arc, sort of like Elvis did, where he had one good song or two good songs, and then ninety percent of his career was trash. Even though it was like fourteen years, yeah. Like at this point, they're a band. They're a really shitty band that has some good songs. Yeah, like not, they understand not all of their what stuff the deal is bad. with the fans.
0: <laughs> they need to play about half of the Blue album at every show, and then they can get away with playing a few from uh, Pacific Daydream or whatever. You know.
1: Yeah. I forgot about that one. Holy shit. That but, one
0: could be, I mean, they have so many low points, but it could be, it's definitely one of the lowest of all time. I remember it was either Michael or Andrew Hudson who told me to listen to Zombie Bastards or whatever. That song is truly horrific. That was on what? the Black album. Oh, it was? Oh, man. Okay. It's so hard to keep track of these. It's, yeah, like, uh, I just remember it being one of their albums that's not very rock oriented, but that's like half of them now in recent years. But, uh, there was. I mean,
1: the the white album in 2016, Pacific Daydream 2017, the teal album in 2019, the black album in 2019, OK Human in 2021, Van Weezer in 2021. And then this year they're, they're, they've dropped the, the two EPs.
0: These are long EPs. To each of these, uh, if you include the bonus track on each, there's eight songs on each, and they're doing four of them this year. So that's a 32 song album. Basically, they're putting together this year between each of the four seasons.
1: Yeah, they're making a double album, I guess, in 2022, even though they put out two LPs in 2021. Last year, yeah. And they're also out of ideas.
0: I mean, there's so many things. We've been listening to all their recent music for the last few hours. Uh, There's so many things I could say because I haven't checked out any of their stuff in a couple years. Like, I had heard probably the last, you know, like 2019 era stuff. So this is like catching up on the last, like, three years of Weezer, which you wouldn't think would be much, but it's basically like four albums of material.
1: It's crazy. They the really get the opposite ones. of what they
0: used to be. Of like when I was in like junior high and like the Green album came out, it was like, man, I wish Weezer like released more music because they've only put out three albums in a decade. And now they've put out four in three years, and
1: it's like, well, be careful what you wish for, you know. The Green album was very short too. It was like thirty-one minutes. Yeah, yeah. The Seasons ones are crazy. It's supposed to be based on Vivaldi but it's in the most superficial way.
0: Superficial, awful, like a 13 year olds idea kind of way where especially, I mean, I guess we'll just get right to this song. The first song on spring opening night, like I'm not being hyperbolic when I say it might be the worst Weezer song of all time, like deeply, deeply embarrassing, more cornball than even Rivers's most cornball ideas ever because the vocal melody is the melody from that first part of Vivaldi's Spring. And it's so fucking embarrassing, dude. It's so corny.
1: It's Yeah, it's to the tune of Vivaldi's Spring, which is one of the most cliche classical pieces you could pick from. And there are like infinite pieces you could pick from. Like, it, they're not copyrighted. They're all in the public domain. But it, and then he's singing about Shakespeare,
0: and, and whoa, yeah, again, I it's do using
1: Shakespeare. I, exactly, Shakespeare's yeah, so da, 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 fucking good.
0: Hamlet makes me happy. Falstaff makes me happy. Yeah, it's like, like something Martin lyrics. Prince
1: would sing. Yeah, yeah, it really is a Martin Prince song. It's like something he would sing before all the bullies come in and beat his ass. Yeah, singing a Vivaldi song about Shakespeare, about and Hamlet. I, that's I can't understand either.
0: Why is it about Shakespeare? Is it? Does he just think that's an old timey thing, like Vivaldi? <laughs>
1: I feel like he's referenced Shakespeare a bunch before, too. It's such it's a like, lame reference. Like It's why? not even
0: the same era at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> like It's the wrong century. I don't understand what the connection's supposed to be, but it's just so fucking embarrassing, dude.
1: Yeah, it's old-timey stuff. It's an EP about old-timey stuff where there's one... Like, very superficially Vivaldi influenced track about Shakespeare, and then the rest of it is regular Weezer songs.
0: Yeah, god damn, dude. Like, if you're gonna interpolate a melody from a classical song, there's so many other ways, like, there's plenty of non cheesy and interesting ways you can do that, especially even with Vivaldi, you could do that. But the laziest thing you could ever do is using the most famous melody as a vocal melody, and then just with the most dog shit lyrics you could imagine. Just over like little acoustic guitars, and then it just goes to generic Weezer power
1: chord rock. Rivers Cuomo has been talking about doing that for decades too. Like every time he does an interview, he talks about some classical thing and how he wants to work. He he wants to work in classical music, into rock music. But his understanding of it hasn't advanced at all since 1996. Like, he runs through the circle of fifths a lot, and then he'll just quote stuff. He'll just quote classical music. It's not really mixed in at all. It's so superficial for someone who's like, I went to Harvard, and I've studied classical music, and I love Stravinsky. It's so surface level. And yeah,
0: it's worth bearing in mind that he's 51 years old right now. (laughs) It's like... Man, you've sold like tens of millions of albums and toured the world many times over. Like, I don't know. It's just so insane to be in your 50s and this is the best thing you can come up with. With like, I don't know, some kind of conceptual EP cycle. And
1: it's just Shakespeare makes me happy. Do, 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 do. It's so lame. Like, I love the idea of classical music and Baroque music being used in pop music. And it's really hard to do. It's hard to do it in a way that feels natural. uh, and doesn't feel like this. This is like the worst case scenario where you're just putting in like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Even that would be more tasteful. I love
1: to rock. Yeah. If
0: Weezer played that on guitar, that would be 10 times more tasteful than this song. But you're right. What they're doing is the
1: equivalent of, I like to rock. (laughs) Uh, Yo, I mean, I found a, uh, I found a new way to mix classical and rock. It's crazy. It's called Beethoven rock. I like to 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 rock. rock. God, someone probably did that. Yeah, probably as a joke. Probably Dio did that in 1984. Yeah. We should read a few more lyrics
0: from that song because it's truly remarkable. Like, Hamlet makes me happy. Falstaff makes me happy. So happy and I'm happy to be with you. Rosalind makes me happy. Beatrice makes me happy. So happy, I'm happy to be with you. We may be quite ordinary, but we can step inside of his immortal mind. We gain some empathy, some perspicacity. It happens every time. He
1: makes me want to write.
0: (laughs) It sounds like something I would write for a poem for E1. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's like that. It's like uh, Kevin Barnes from Of Montreal. He can write stuff like this and get away with it. Yeah. Like a, a lot of his stuff if you like read it out of context or you like don't hear the music is kind of like this where he's like referencing modernist novels and talking about going to plays and stuff and it's like damn this is the gayest shit of all time. But then you <laughs> listen to it and it's like this is incredible. This is beautiful.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he just has a sense of taste that allows him to get away with things, but Rivers Cuomo is like the definition of no taste, you know? Which is fine like Again, my intention isn't to be like as like snooty as possible about this, but this is like truly uninspired dog shit though. There's like no This is just if you like rock music as a genre, this is just objectively a terrible song.
1: Yeah, it's just a novelty song. Maybe they'll play it in schools. Is that the Gambit?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I guess they're gambling that the public school system is so degraded at this point that this would pass for Classical music education.
1: There's a rock and roll song about Shakespeare. Although Shakespeare it, was sort of the first Rivers Cuomo. Me thinking
0: of uh, like thumbing my nose at Weezer just reminded me that actually, there's a bit of like a tête-à-tête going between Weezer and Pitchfork here, where uh, Weezer had some. This is some recent song. Uh, I think it's it's like a B-side from Van Weezer or some shit, where. Here's uh, some Weezer lyrics. This is a message that my manager wouldn't approve. After this song, I'll have a lot of cleaning up to do. Don't be influenced by an office full of dorks. I won't mention. I won't mention any names. Cough, cough. Pitchfork.
1: Yeah, it it's not really an office of dorks. Like the Weezer. Uh, I was looking at the recent reviews. Like, what is he responding to? And and it's. I think they just take whoever sends in the first review. Whoever gets the email through first. Because it doesn't feel like Pitchfork feels like reviewing a Weezer album is an event in yeah, the I don't way think that it's it was a when enough like,
0: album for anyone to want to do it. It's probably just the bottom rung freelancer getting paid a hundred bucks to like churn this out in three hours while they
1: listen to the EP like twice. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like maybe when the Green album came out or Maladroit came out, it mattered what Pitchfork thought. Yeah, but right now I don't think Pitchfork really cares they give it like a 4 or a 5 like the, uh, the newest one the summer album the review of it is like as a teenager Weezer's mix of nerdy self-deprecation sexual frustration and ripping guitar lo- guitar solos spoke to me then I grew up a little bit and realized Across the Sea is disgusting Cuomo has called Pinkerton a hideous record and has been like blah 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 just like Weezer biographical stuff yeah, like paint by numbers writing out like it's like three paragraphs too. It, like, Rivers it Cuomo's is a terrible review this?
0: and it is a terrible album. Yeah, but somehow everyone just comes away looking pathetic for uh the review is just so it's like self-indulgent too of just like when I was a teenager blah blah blah. But then Rivers even taking the time to like try to talk shit on them in a song. is like what do you care, man? It doesn't matter what they say cuz you already have a massive audience. Even, okay, if they gave Weezer a 10 out of 10, it would get them like zero new fans because everyone who already, everyone who would care about Weezer already knows about them. There's not like this big trove of like undiscovered fans yet for them, you know?
1: Yeah, if they got best new music, I think people would just get mad at Pitchfork. If they gave Weezer a 10, people would just yell at Pitchfork. That
0: actually proves that it's probably a good move for Pitchfork because Pitchfork's just in the clicks business, you know? Just give the next Weezer, give um, the fall EP a 10 after they just gave the other two EPs like fours. That would be People so People would be funny. talking about it all over every social media site.
1: That would be incredible if they gave the fall one a 10 and said, <laughs> this is the best Weezer album since Pinkerton by far. And then the winter one, they gave a 4.2.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they should say the fall EP uh, surpasses the blue album.
1: This is better than the entire discography of the band The Fall. Yeah, <laughs> just to make Will Meneker mad. Yeah, I was looking through the discography, the recent stuff, Van Weezer from last year. the The idea of it, I guess, is that they get to do blatant ripoffs of '80s hair metal stuff and uh, '80s glam or '70s glam metal, but they can't be called on it because it's uh, purposely.
0: Yeah, it's like a loving tribute or whatever. But what's funny about this album too, just like the Seasons ones, I listened to maybe like three or four tracks off this one, including like the singles. Basically, they just did big Weezer power chord anthems, and then suddenly they start uh, just doing like a tapped solo and then go back to the big power chords. So it's like 30 seconds of 80s hair metal put in between a big Weezer hook. It's like... Super sloppy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's stuff they were doing already. It's so on the nose. It's crazy. Like, the, the Weezer lore, they just hammer in over and over again. Like, we like hair metal. We're actually indebted to hair metal, even though we're, like, the cool 90s slacker rock guys. Like, everyone fucking knows, guys, you don't have to do a covers album of 80s hair metal. You don't have to do an album called Van Weezer that's exactly the same as the normal stuff. But it's like... 10% Ten percent more, obviously ripping off like REO Speedwagon and Journey hooks. It, the concept just doesn't compute. But like to, you're almost still giving it too much credit, though,
0: because the hooks are still just exactly normal Weezer hooks, and then they just deviate for thirty seconds and go right back to it. Like it's such a lazy attempt at it. So I was gonna try to be nice. Like the only recent album of theirs that succeeds at having its own aesthetic and sticking to it is okay, Human, which is like the most cringe title. I was going to say in their discography, but I guess it's less cringe than like Hurley and Ratitude, but terrible title. But at least that album is trying to do something different and sticking to it. Like I guess this is what made me think of the hypothetical we started talking about before we were recording of if Weezer, if we didn't speak English, would we like new Weezer any better? And I think OK Human is the album where I would say yes, where it's not a horrible album, but it's just so cornball lyrically. But all the other stuff is just kind of bad musically and lyrically. Yeah, wasn't that his pandemic album? Uh, I think a bunch of these were pandemic albums. God. All the season stuff is allegedly pandemic era. But he's still Mm -hmm. like, he
1: wrote it all then and now he's recording it, you know? Man, that's not really a good sign if you write material and then it skips three albums. Like, that doesn't yeah. really speak well to the quality. Well, again, he's just churning them out right now, so... It's not really conceptually why. different at all. Other than that one song about Shakespeare, the rest of it is just normal Weezer material.
0: Yeah, and the summer one is the same way, where it like opens with one nod to Vivaldi and some strings, and then it
1: just immediately goes into big Weezer chords. I was listening to the Teal album, too, uh, too where they did the Africa cover. The famous Africa cover that they play at McDonald's now instead of the original. <laughs> uh, and this whole album is mixed like shit. It's crazy. Like the Billy Jean cover they did. I dare you to go listen to it. Listen to how loud the kick is. It The kick is just clipping. It's so loud. And they turn the bass way down. And the rest of the song is exactly the same. The arrangement, the tempo... Everything's exactly yeah, the same, like, but they fuck up by the numbers, rhythm section. But yeah, it's just less groovy. <laughs> they just change the volume of the individual drums. It's also not a good song to cover. That happens a lot with bands that do cover albums, where the songs they choose to cover aren't really cool. Well, I think that to me, the
0: rule is if it's a massive hit, you shouldn't cover it. You should choose a song you admire by that artist that's good and then make it your own. But everything they did on that album is just like the biggest hit by a massive band. Like they did Take On Me.
1: They did No Scrubs, which is like, ugh. Punk goes crunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't see the point of it. You can cover yeah, one can hit or two fun. hits on an album like that. Like one number one song that everyone knows that's frequently yeah. covered, but they can't all be like that.
0: Also, I think if you're going to do a covers album, it should tell you something about your, like yourself as an artist. Like choose interesting things, like a few that your fans have never heard of probably, like from different eras. It's, I mean, I guess they kind of chose a few different eras, but everything they chose is like, top tier billboard number one hit kind of song. And then their treatment of all of them is either just copy the song exactly or just make it a Weezer generic song, you know?
1: Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, they're such a self-referential band. They're constantly hammering in their own lore. They want you to know what they're indebted to. They want you to know what Rivers Cuomo listened to growing up. We know. You talked about it. You talked about it in the very first album. The Kiss posters. I've got Ace Frehley. I've got Peter Chris. Yes, I do. Nightcrawler, too. Kitty Pride. They should have
0: covered um, the 90s X-Men cartoon theme song. I would have respected that more than like
1: uh, doing the Michael Jackson cover. <laughs> oh, I've also been thinking about the Enter Sandman cover they did. Oh, yeah. That's worth bringing up. For the Metallica Black Album re-release or whatever it was in 2019. That gets and back I'm- to exactly what you just said about
0: how self-referential they are. Yeah, are, at the end they of can't the solo, themselves.
1: they do 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 from Buddy Holly. It's just it's
0: intentional <laughs> self parody where it is like the most Weezer thing ever, where it's really fucking lame, but also they know it's lame and they're doing it on purpose to like annoy you if you don't like that, you know?
1: I still can't decide if I think that's funny
0: or if it's bad. I think it might be both, right? Like it's tasteless on purpose, I think. It is funny and it's also bad. Yeah, it's like that's the
1: late period Weezer experience. I think it's made more funny by the fact that the rest of the cover is better than the original objectively. <laughs> Some of it's just because uh the way stuff is mixed now is more yeah, conducive yeah. to that better type technology. of music. Like yeah. the black album sounds like trash. Yeah. That doesn't actually really track though. Because they had the technology to make that shit sound good. Like, Ride the Lightning sounds great. Yeah, I guess that's a p- good point about like Metallica specifically, is that they
0: go through phases where they just make a garbage-sounding album.
1: Like, And Justice For All through... Uh, I don't even know. Through Now? Sound like shit. Did yeah. they have a new album that sounds good? I remember Death Magnetic. Oh, people yeah. It was, got- like, legendarily compressed. Yeah, like, people had to find the version on Guitar Hero... Yeah. Online, they had to torrent that because it was just so limited for no reason. I mean, speaking of compression, actually, we also just checked out this
0: new Ozzy Osbourne single that he just put out like this week or last week. something. I don't know when he put it out, but uh, surprisingly good song overall. Like after hearing so much Weezer, uh, the guitar tone is really refreshing. Like it's actually cool and good. And the riff is like solid But it's just compressed a
1: ton, like it's like the mid-2000s or something. It's very weird. Yeah, it's the same issue with the Black Sabbath 13 album, where everything was slammed into a compressor, and I'm not really sure why. Like, to to get it ready for hard rock radio, maybe. But they have their own compressors. Yeah, and also, like, these
0: days, things like Spotify have their own compression algorithm.
1: So you're probably making it sound even worse on streaming services doing that yeah the loudness war stuff that's kind of died down with streaming yeah it makes me wonder if they're just kind of working with like mastering engineers and shit
0: who are like stuck in the 2000s or something I like I have no idea
1: yeah other than that it's very good it's for guys who are like 78
0: and it's also really funny lyrically of I'll take this over Weezer lyrics any day of it's like Sexual in the most juvenile way. It's called Degradation Rules, which is like a cool sounding title. Hell yeah. But then the the hook is asphyxiation, masturbation, degradation rules.
1: Yeah, it's about whacking off. It's yeah, very the whole funny. Thing,
0: it's all these like hilarious euphemisms of the hand that feeds you also turns you blind.
1: <laughs> and there's something he- about beating on your jewels. <laughs> He's ready for the pearl to hit the sky.
0: (laughs) But the best line, Alex, comes
1: right at the end. Watching red tube rules. (laughs) (laughs) So funny, dude. It's crazy. It's like, I don't think I could have come up with that as a bit... A new Ozzy Osbourne song yeah. with Tony Iommi that's good and the last line of it is Red Tube Rules. Yeah, that is so
0: funny, dude. We never in a million years could have manifested this.
1: Yeah, like, is Red Tube even still up? I remember... Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I remember I had a I had a friend in like middle school, high school who would talk about Red Tube, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's It's like so a, funny, a weird dude. reference. It's kind of like a 2000 style website. Yeah, but I it, love it. It, it is... I'm proud of Ozzy Osbourne if he can uh whack his shit off still. At his age no. with his health conditions and stuff, where he has like some sort of Parkinson's type disease. Maybe so, that helps him actually. Yeah, maybe it's actually good. But and yeah, it didn't think, change the crypto bats price. We looked it up and
0: Yeah, I was hoping it spiked the price, but it did nothing to it. Not a lot of but, trading uh, volume
1: with that. Yeah. It's like Acoin. They should
0: actually move crypto bets onto the Acoin uh, environment instead of Ethereum. There should be an
1: Aussie city. <laughs> they should just take Birmingham. Yeah, why not? Make it into a Black Sabbath city. And Aussie city is going to run on CryptoBats. So essentially there's only $9,900. It is kind of interesting how like songs by older artists like this have gotten better since the 90s and 2000s. Like, that was kind of a low point for uh albums by, like, Ozzy Osbourne or Iggy Pop. And then they had a, a bounce back in the 2010s. Yeah. Where they were sort of helped along by younger musicians. Or maybe they're just more... um The labels ask for more from uh, well, old artists that are 78 years old that want to put question. out new material.
0: Like, with Ozzy, it's interesting... Cause the reason this song is like not a disaster seems to just be that, uh, Tony Iommi actually wrote the riff and played guitar on it. And there's a quote from Ozzy about it. Just saying like, I wish we had these songs when we did black Sabbath 13 album. Um, so maybe this is kind of an outlier, but what I think you're saying is true of like when Iggy pop did the album with Josh Homme and the drummer from Arctic monkeys and all that. um, Neil Young's backing band now is Willie Nelson's Sons. Uh, Like, a lot of these guys have been rejuvenated by people who grew up being their fans. Or even like when we had Nate on this show and he talked about working with Brian Wilson, like, same thing, where once you reach a certain age, like 70, you're like, I've already influenced people for the last 50 years. Why don't I just get those people to help me, like, have another, like, kind of winning streak, you know?
1: Yeah, and they sort of know better than you. Yeah what you should be doing. Like Brian Wilson, if he had those people in the 80s, he wouldn't have made the rap song that he did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like Ozzy Osbourne has put out a lot of shitty stuff. Like the Osbournes, the show. Yeah. some Yeah, he was not being looked out for when that came out. Well, I guess here's the question then.
0: At what point does Weezer <laughs> start to reach down to people 20, 30 years younger than them and try to get back on their, you know... Back in the saddle.
1: Yeah, they do sometimes do collaborations with bands they've influenced, like the All-American Rejects, but those younger bands need to be in control. Like Waves or Pup or a band like that. Yeah, Pup is a good example. Like Pup would make a good Weezer song. They should just produce the next Weezer album and take all creative control. Yeah, 100%. And when Rivers is like, I, I think I want to write a song about Snapchat and have it be a uh, reggae style, they can be like, no, no, that's, that's okay. If, if Rivers tried to do a reggae
0: song based on what we've heard from his Seasons project... The first verse would be like all like plinky, upstroke, Bob Marley stuff. And then for the hook, you just kick on the distortion and just do big
1: power chords. <laughs> yeah, there's so much so much of their new stuff is like that, where they're like, we're, we're exploring a new, uh, it's like Spinal Tap doing the Jazz Odyssey, where yeah, they do exactly. it for 10 minutes and then go back to their old sound. <laughs>
0: That's exactly but right. But it's like,
1: like, it's like within a song.
0: Like Where they, uh, they have a
1: 10-second classical intro that they're bragging about, and then it's yeah. like, all right, here, are the <laughs> guitars are back.
0: Weezer. They're jerk. trapped by the idea that like they want to grow up, but Rivers is like a 15-year-old mentally, and they know that they have expectations of the old fans to fulfill, so that always just ends up being, we're going to noodle around with an idea, then go back to what we did from day one, and none of it's going to be good. Back and to again, the that's old why me. the the OK Human album is the only passable one of the last like four or five, because at least they actually stuck to a concept that was different. You know, would Tom York deign to acknowledge that? I kind of feel like no. Did <laughs> he ever say anything
1: about that? Did he? <sighs> Not to my knowledge, but let's see if I can find anything. That kind of seems like a bummer if you're Rivers Cuomo, and you name your album that as like a clumsy tribute. To OK Computer, and then, like, I think Tom York is kind of above that. Yeah, there's a bunch of,
0: there's some clickbaity articles, like, OK Human versus OK Computer. Uh, And so all the mentions of Tom York in relation to OK Human, at least that I'm finding, like, on first glance, are all just, like, you know, comparing the two or saying how
1: they're paying homage to Radiohead or whatever. Man, that's brutal. Did the Rolling Stones ever acknowledge Liz Fair when she made Exile and Guyville? That's a good question, too. I bet they did.
0: I mean, I would choose the Liz Fair album over the Rolling Stones album, but that's because I never really liked the Rolling Stones.
1: I think someone should make a Guy response
0: album to Exile and and Guyville
1: (laughs) called Exile and Girlville.
0: Man, it's a shame that there's so many songs on it because that would be a really funny bit if it was like a short album, but. I'm not going to do like 18 songs as a bit. It's a long album. I'm on Weezer PDS seeing if Tom York has ever said anything about Weezer. But instead, it's just like a bunch of really annoying shit. Like, Paranoid Android is directly referenced in the lyrics of the Weezer song Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory.
1: They did a Paranoid Android cover too. They used to cover Ugh. it live, they did a sound alike cover. It's so. It's like. The kind of stuff that maybe Dave Grohl would acknowledge if a kid did it. Yeah, good. call. Like if a kid, if like an a eight-year-old pro- did a perfect twelve-year-old. Yeah. yeah, but it's just fifty-one-year-old. Like people who are Weezer might be older than Radiohead. I don't know.
0: Uh, they're probably a like, couple years younger. Like, but almost the same age.
1: Yeah, like around the same. They're this like contemporary bands, and there's this like it's so <laughs> weird that like imagine. I don't know what the equivalent would be, like if, um, like if Paul McCartney in the 1990s was covering like uh, "Satisfaction" by the Rolling Stones, like a sound alike one for one cover in every show, <laughs> people would be like, "What is what's what's the yeah, deal with this?" Yeah, it's so weird, right? That's a great way to put it. Yeah, like why you just do like I we all know the song. It's like. It's not really your influence. It's just a contemporary song that came out at the same time as your own music that you, <laughs> Can you like. Imagine if the next time
0: Radiohead tours, they're just covering Hash Pipe note for note at every show.
1: <laughs> they should do a Blue Album tour. Radiohead yeah. should do a tour where they only play the Blue Album in full. And like, what's Weezer gonna do? Oh, they would be uh, honored. Yeah, they would love it. But yeah, Weezer, think-
0: Weezer should try to perform uh, King of Limbs in
1: full. Yeah, that would be tough. They should learn to play all the Johnny Greenwood instruments. I think that's what yeah. you should have to do. If you're a band that's a contemporary band of Radiohead and you have that much time and energy to do a sound delay cover of Paranoid Android, you need to learn all the Johnny Greenwood instruments. Yeah, you need to buy an And Martineau. You need to learn how to do all those and you need to do one of the hard songs. Because you're not a kid. You don't get credit for that,
0: for yeah, just doing right. a
1: normal cover. There's no Dave Grohl here to tell you it's good. The only guy who really got away with covering Creep was
0: Prince, but that's because he can actually, like, Princeify it, you know? Weezer doing that is
1: just lazy. I'm going to write a New York Times opinion piece, and the title is, Is Dave Grohl Inflating Children's Egos? (laughs) And it's about how he's praising uh, (laughs) child drummers too much. He should do that uh,
0: with Rivers, but treat him like a 12-year-old of, like, uh, you know... Weezer is inevitably just going to cover... Actually, Weezer did cover Big Me when they toured with Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl should have treated him like a 12-year-old, like, good job!
1: Yeah, like, bring him out and have everyone clap, hand him a little guitar, and have him uh, play along (laughs) when they just do a Foo Fighters song, and then he walks off stage and everybody claps. They should just send him to rock and roll fantasy camp. (laughs) They should make a rock and roll fantasy camp for him and for Johnny Depp, like a high dollar one. I guess Johnny Depp already runs one. They should just send Rivers Cuomo to go hang out with Johnny Depp and his old friends. And then he doesn't have to uh, just do like uh, very obvious references to them in public. He can just talk to them because he's as rich as they are. Now that I'm thinking
0: about it, when they did the Paranoid Android cover, they really should have put the um, Buddy Holly fill into the guitar solo.
1: Yeah, they should do it as many times as possible. I think it would be funnier if you did it more times in the song. Like, I agree, Like, that was the yeah, fill yeah. at yeah. the end of every four bars. Yeah, like, do it 20 times in one song. Or on their covers album, they should have put it into every single song. <laughs> what if you put all of Buddy Holly in the middle of a cover? <laughs> Wouldn't that be sick? If they no, if they had done Andrew
0: Sandman, then
1: two minutes of that song, then back to TLC. <laughs> What's with these homies? God, that would be that would be a brilliant. See, here's bit. the thing:
0: it would be good because the scrub, the titular scrub in No Scrubs, is also the main character of Buddy Holly. Those songs take place in the same universe. Wow, that song was about Rivers Cuomo, and he didn't even know. Yep. He, would be, he is the type of uh, guy to be hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride trying to holler at
1: TLC. In hindsight, it was uh, kind of hypocritical of Lisa Left Eye Lopez to be talking about the, like other people's rides when she herself died in a plane crash. Yeah, they got to uh, redact the ride part, I guess. Yeah, that guy who's hanging out of his friend's car doing sexual harassment, he's still alive. That sounds actually pretty generous to that guy Just
0: saying he's a scrub He seems worse than a scrub, you know Yeah
1: If I was the guy driving the car, I think I would be mad Like I would probably Be trying to close the window onto him Oh, totally, yeah If you have a friend who's just trying to yell at women In the, an adjacent car Come on Sticking his head out like a dog His jowls flapping in the wind Also, he's a broke ass, too Yeah, that's why he needs a ride It's awesome that Weezer covered that in 2019. Like, I thought that kind of died down, the ukulele, uh, bitches ain't shit YouTube cover type of shit. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's a very 2000s kind of thing, like white guy acoustic cover of Get Low by Lil Jon or whatever. Punk goes
1: crunk. Actually, to be fair, I wish Weezer had covered Get Low instead of No Scrubs. I guess it is sort of a catch-22 if you're doing a covers album because you don't want all of your influences that you're laying out to be white guy bands. Yeah. But you also, it's also not good to cover a rap song or an R and B song. Yeah. If you're a band like Weezer. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. Depending on the song though. I feel like,
0: I don't know. There's plenty of R and B artists that like white guys could cover tastefully. I think. Oh, for sure. I don't think Rivers Cuomo could. I don't think he could do anything tastefully though. And he knows that is the thing of like, again, it's like cliche to harp on Weezer. But after listening, especially to that spring EP, like I just can't help myself again because it's so astoundingly bad. It's crazy. Are those being sold? Can you buy those in the store? Yeah. When I was on Wikipedia, it was saying they're going to do a vinyl pressing and everything. Man, for a 20 minute EP. Yeah, that's actually more depressing than anything. Of like, yeah, it sucks when like Adele presses half a million copies and fucks over every other band. But isn't it even worse that like your band can't get your record pressed because Weezer's doing their spring EP? Oh man, wasting the vinyl records, only filling up a quarter of it. Dude, those twenty-five seconds of string quartet sound like even
1: better on vinyl. They sound so rich and full.
0: Yeah, and it's the most digital
1: sounding music too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I guarantee, too, it's just the digital master sent over and, and you know, it's not like they mastered uh, analog or any shit. Like, it's just going to be like a very compressed digital master just getting pressed right to vinyl, like most vinyl are.
1: Yeah, it sucks to think about people going to FYE or Spencer's Gifts and paying $45 for a copy of like a Taylor Swift album that was mixed in Pro Tools. And it's just a, the digital master ported over.
0: Yeah, it's like I f- as long like I guess I was gonna say for like lower tier artists, but it's not even true with vinyl. Where as like a lower tier artist, you're almost certainly losing money on vinyl. And then at the top tier, it's like you're so rich it doesn't matter. I think it's a very narrow band of artists in the middle where you could at least make the argument that by paying them 25, 30 bucks for their album, they're getting more money out of it. There has to be some amount of artists that's true for, but it's like a really specific band of like the income
1: distribution. I think I'm going to start buying Beatles albums on new pressed vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm have gonna have ever to ever talked buy about the Beatles remasters one at on a time. here? Uh, the 2009 ones?
0: Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe you and I have at some point, but my feeling on them is they should have just done mono for the original mono albums and stereo for the ones at the end where – the stereo is so annoying and distracting on like Revolver and Rubber Soul and shit. Well, there's mono and stereo. Oh yeah, exactly. They did the two separate things. They should have combined it. In order to it? do them right, you have to combine them, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to buy both of them. It's like uh, in Pokemon, there's some Pokemon that are only in red, <laughs> they're in and some red, that are and only some in blue. blue. Yeah. So you have to get Good both, call. or have a friend. You have to have a that's friend who has the Beatles in mono remasters, so you can listen yeah, that's to exactly "Please right. Please Me" and not have the echo. Of Going in the left speaker,
0: <laughs> but yeah, have you listened to the the stereo ones of those? Yeah, it's like the whole rhythm section's panned hard one way, all the vocals are panned hard the other way, and like the lead vocals not panned in the same place as the backing vocals because they just didn't have that many tracks, so it just sounds like shit. Yeah, I
1: think there was uh, like a a normal stereo remaster at some point in the Sgt. Pepper set. I think they might be doing that now where they put out like ah. a, a normal sounding remaster unless I'm imagining that. Yeah. I have no idea. I haven't listened to anything since like
0: that whole
1: big push they made like 10 years ago. Yeah. I haven't listened to a Beatles album since let it be. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about their new stuff. Yeah. I'm not really fucking with them anymore after like 1970. Their early stuff was good, but the new stuff, I don't like Champagne Supernova. (laughs) I don't like that one Jet song that I think is the Beatles. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Man, I do like going back around to what we were talking about earlier. I do want to see Weezer go through that era where they just let like Pup produce or like be the backing band or, you know, like that type of thing. It's the only thing that I think could save them from just going this way forever, you know. Yeah, maybe he needs to get a couple years older first. I think so, cuz again, he's early 50s. We're talking about guys who are like 70 plus when it comes to Iggy Pop and Neil Young. Um, we're going to have to give it another 10 to 20 years, honestly, but there might be a good Weezer album in 2040. I don't know. That would be awesome. I hope I can be on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, one other thing we meant to talk about in the beginning of this episode, and I feel really stupid now for not screen capping it since she's since deleted it, but Nicki Minaj went full Eric Alper the other day. She had this like clickbait post, and now I have to paraphrase it because we lost it, but it was like, what's the nastiest thing that you've ever said in a text? Like paraphrase it without the bad words or whatever. Yeah, I thought she cussed. She's always talking yeah. about butts. Does she not cuss anymore? And she put like bad in quotation marks of like, oh, leave out the bad words. Was there a link in that? No, there wasn't. So that's why it seems like it would be sponsored because it's so cheap and clickbaity. But there was no like ostensible promotion or anything. I th- She was just going full Eric Alper. And I wanted to see Eric Alper try to go that... Uh, Angle with his questions from now on Of just get a little more salacious, you know What's the dirtiest place you ever Did it, or something
1: Yeah, Eric Alper should get more sexual Yeah (laughs) What's your dirtiest fantasy Sexual Eric Alper is like a Tom bit (laughs) With his Like, (laughs) with his normal avatar
0: Yeah What's the most ticklish place on your body (laughs) What's your favorite song about Getting head (laughs) Have you ever got Roadhead in the bathroom? Eric Alper uh, making a playlist that has slob on my knob, slob on my cat,
1: the follow-up. Pony by Genuine. Yeah. It's so bewildering to me that that Nicki Minaj tweet got deleted. Yeah, that's what's so weird is that
0: obviously it was getting a shitload of engagement because it was so lowest common denominator. So why did she get rid of it? It, Like she did exactly what it was meant to do.
1: Did she even delete that stuff about how the COVID vaccine gave her husband's cousin's <laughs> barber's balls the <to> yeah. <laughs> made his balls fall off or something? Yeah,
0: I'm not sure if she deleted that
1: because <laughs> that was like uh, way more embarrassing than the question she asked. But she wasn't really ashamed of that. Yeah, if anything, the question was funny because of
0: how timid it was. Where she was saying to uh, censor it.
1: Yeah, you can't use bad words. Everybody's I do want to joining see her the no-custom phase.
0: I think that would be funny if she tries to. The thing is, Kanye's uh, Christian phase hasn't done him any favors, just like, like Bob Dylan or something where. And he's also been in it forever. So
1: it's like true, kind of true. The bo- Yeah, the boy it's who cried, kind of... cried wolf. He's like, it's my Christian phase. Like, wasn't your first song, Jesus Walks?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It's actually more in his wheelhouse than you would think. But like it it hasn't been a cash cow for him, so there's no reason for imitators to start doing it. But I would love to see Nicki Minaj like try that for a year.
1: Yeah, she would have to get her butt removed. Either yeah. that or do like a Tammy Faye Baker sort of thing. Ooh, that be is plot think, twist uh, for her. I don't think her butt is very Christian. Yeah. <laughs> God didn't intend for it to be that big. Nicki Minaj going on the Jim Baker
0: show after having like a come to Jesus moment. That would be sick. Helping him to sell, like, 40-gallon tubs of broccoli cheddar soup. You know, honestly, if Rivers Cuomo went Christian, his lyrics might get remarkably better. It's hard to imagine them getting worse than that song from the spring EP.
1: I think if he he made a song about the Chronicles of Narnia, it would probably
0: be much better, you know?
1: Yeah, it could be in a movie, too. They should make new movies about it. He should just do that. He's a goofy enough guy... That he should like take the Owl City, Megan Trainer route, yeah, and just be exclusively devoted to making songs for kids movies, like third tier kids movies. Yeah, link up with
0: Kevin Sorbo for like a Christian movie about like one mean uncle who doesn't like Christmas, and then all the Christian family uh, teaches him a lesson about why consumerism is good, and they almost never talk about Christianity in it besides like buying presents. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. It's so good. I want to see God's Not Dead 4. They did make at least two. I have only seen the first God's Not Dead. I'd love to, have to make any of those crazy. time. We need to do more Twitch streams like Andrew did with Food Fight, where we just watch that shit again and again. That would be pretty good. There was a fourth one, 2021. Ooh, cool. Has anyone ever done a like third-tier movie about Marine Todd? Who's <laughs> like Marine God's Todd? God's Not Dead comes close. You like the Marine Todd thing? He's the one who oh, Marine Todd.
1: I thought I thought
0: you said Maureen Todd. No, (laughs) like God's Not Dead Uh, is close, but it would be great to see like the myth of Marine
1: Todd brought to life for an hour and a half on the silver screen. Yeah, the problem with God's Not Dead is it's like a timid nerd who like uh, has to debate his professor about whether God is real, and then like the professor gets hit by a car, and then he decides God is real. So it's like not even really him doing it. I want to see him punch the professor in
0: the face. Yeah, exactly. Just the Marine just owns him with facts and logic and then
1: punches him. Like, what's the point if God's just doing it with a car? What's the point of the whole plot? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then after the Marine punches him, the newsboys start performing. Oh, I love the newsboys. Yeah, it's, it's God is Not Dead's equivalent of Smash Mouth in Rat Race. They're in every Christian movie. They're so photogenic. Again, it's such a good niche. Like we're saying, Rivers could get in on that, and he's way better than the Newsboys. So he could just like horn in on their little
1: niche and push them out of business and take it over. He really should do that. He should change his name to Rivers Jordan (laughs) and be bathed in the holy water. That's right. Jesus Cuomo. (laughs) Jesus Cuomo.
0: That'd be the name of their album, their Christian album. Yeah, I guess that's on par with what Kanye did. Or if Weezer's not willing to take over the newsboys, then I think Nicki Minaj should do it.
1: Yeah. I want to see a Rivers Cuomo, Nicki Minaj, God's Not Dead movie. Yeah. And they'll promote it on the Jim Baker show. What if she started shaking her ass doing muscle memory? <laughs> Grinding She's up can't on help Rivers Cuomo. when she hears loud music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, Rivers has never twerked for a Weezer video. I mean, maybe
1: he has and I don't know it, but. Yeah, he should get nude in a Weezer video as a, as a gimmick. <laughs> say it's body positive. He should just try
0: everything. Why not? I think he could get pressed from that. Totally. He should say he oh, has yeah. BPD. Between Pitchfork giving the Weezer fall EP a 10 or Rivers doing a naked music video or naked public appearance, I think the Pitchfork one is a better idea, but I think both of them should be tried and see how much attention they get.
1: Yeah, the cover of the fall one should have him nude in a pile of leaves.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's just tie them together. Yeah.
1: His brother's name is Leaves Cuomo. <laughs> that's true. Well,
0: it is something like that. What is it? It's Leaves. Is it actually? It's Leaves. Really? Leaves Cuomo. He changed oh God, his name right, change
1: <laughs> I thought it was some other nature word, but no, that's exactly it. Wait a minute, he's a professor of sociology at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Cool. God damn, I could go visit him. I, I think I'm gonna go visit uh, Rivers Cuomo's brother. Leaves. Yeah, maybe there's still time
0: to get him to influence him on the fall album artwork. What if you found out your professor's real name was Leaves? Oh I'm Would sure you drop they know. the class. If anything, it's like, as long as he owns it, then it's kind of charming. You know, if he's embarrassed by it, then it's like something to really dig into. It is a dope name. But well, I guess, you know, in a couple months, we'll find out whether Pitchfork gives that EP a 10. I'm sincerely hoping they do. They better. And if they don't, well, we preemptively give it a 10. It
1: has a 10 in my heart.